Today at Kalos Church, we're asking, what is the upper room? The attic. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeepan. And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek, and our hope is that you'll experience the beauty of Jesus today. Yes. Right now, we have people meeting all over, online, and in house gatherings. If you'd like to get content like this every Sunday, please subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. Good. Well, we are going to pray together. Our friend Jessica, who comes to our church, went into the hospital almost two months ago mm. and um, really was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune situation in her body where her nerves were attacking her body. Mm. And so we want to pray for her because she just got good news that she is going to be getting out of the hospital on mm. Wednesday wow. this week. Wow. And so, Jessica, we're going to pray you out of that yes. hospital. She's going to be reunited with her two-and-a-half-year-old mm. son, yes. and we're Praise so excited. So let's pray together for Jessica. Father, thank you so much that you never mm -hmm. leave us or forsake us. And that is Jessica's story as well. Yes. Even as she went through this really difficult uh, situation in her health. And so God, we as a church, we're just praying her out of that hospital this Wednesday, God, that she would have strength in her body to be able to walk, to be able to leave, to be able to take care of the things she needs to take care of, Father, and to be reunited mm -hmm. with her son. Lord, we just love her. We surround her. And yes. we just ask that as she continues to recover at home, yes. your grace would be with her. Your presence would fill her home. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, without further ado, we are going to hear a great message mm -hmm. from Pastor Pradeepan in our our series, Whatever It Takes. Because we're in a time where things are crazy, mm. but we're still going to do whatever it takes to make known the beauty of Jesus. And that's why we're in house gatherings yes! all over right now, which is so exciting. If you'd like to join a house gathering, meet with someone in real time, not worry if you're muted on Zoom or not, <laughs> in a CDC-friendly way. If you'd like to participate, please go to kalos.church slash house gatherings to find or host one. Well, we are going to talk about the power of ordinary homes today, and I think that's fitting because we're in homes right now. And uh, I want to tune in to the book of John. That's the gospel of John. And it's in the New Testament. And we see a story here where the disciples are living in fear because Jesus has been executed on the cross. And then they find themselves hiding behind locked doors because they're afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus, our leader, got killed. What if we get killed too? So we need to hide away in fear. And so I want to dive into this moment in John 20. Let's read it right now. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. In this passage, the disciples are living in fear behind closed doors. And I think many of us can relate to this as we've been in our houses, afraid, hiding, quite a bit. And I was actually listening to this stand-up comedian the other week, and he was uh, talking about the difference between 20 years ago and today's reality when it comes to people showing up at your house, right? When 20 years ago happened, like someone showed up as a kid, you saw someone walking down your driveway or approaching your door, 
It was so exciting. Yeah. Mom, dad, sister, brother, someone's coming to the house. Who is it? Yeah. It's amazing. And this was before Amazon deliveries, but it was like, wow, this is a miracle. And so we would race to go to the door, race and look out the window. We would unlock the door. We'd open it. Hello, mister. Can I talk to you? It's like this big thing. I mean, did you have that excitement yes, growing up? Yes, it was up? so fun. So good. So good. But now yeah. let's fast forward to 2020. Now, if we know we haven't ordered something on Uber Eats or Amazon and someone approaches our doorstep, terror, fear, it is not a good thing. It does not have the wonder as it did in our youth. It's like, who is this suspicious person? Why are they here? Get off my lawn. You're not welcome here. And that's scary when you don't know who the person is, but it might be even scarier when you do know who the person is and it's unexpected company and you realize, my house and my life is a mess. I can't host right now. And so as you watch that person approach you, you go into panic cleaning mode, right? You're like, get the Febreze, get the spray, straighten it up, someone please fluff the duvet for the love of all that is good in this world. Fluff the duvet. We need to make it look like nobody has ever lived in this house ever. Kids, throw your toys away. We have an unexpected guest coming. Have you ever felt that way? Oh my goodness, it can be very scary and you hide yourself behind locked doors. Mm -hmm. Well, you might not be in the dramatics as much as I am or Pastor Armitha, that was you screaming in that story. <laughs> no, that's not true. Wow. That was primarily me, if you know, I'm very generous with the Febreze spray when guests are coming over. But when it comes to these moments when things aren't going according to plan or there's something unexpected, many times we have different reactions in our homes. We can hide behind locked doors. We can panic. We can try to get things ready. And we live in a time where homes are a lot right now. We've had to learn how to work from home. We've had to learn how to worship from home. We're living in fear. We don't want to get coronavirus. Many of us are not wanting to get involved with some of the societal unrest. We are not seeing financial stability around the nation. And so now we have our guards up a little bit more for package thefts and things like that. And people are feeling a lot of feelings in their homes. Yeah. And I don't... I don't know what kind of feeling you have when it comes to your home life. Maybe it's a place of peace. Maybe it's a castle you lock yourself in and it protects you from the rest of the world, like the disciples hidden behind a locked door. Maybe it's a place of panic where everything is stressful and you're constantly getting into fights with your family or your children or your spouse. Maybe it's a place when you think of home life, you're, you're reminded of your childhood and it just was not an okay place. It was a place of anger and you were like, ah, when I think of home, it's a place where I was just so ready to get out of it. Maybe you're thinking about that your your home right now. That's a place I just want to leave. I can't handle it. Home brings up a lot of emotions and it brings up a lot of feelings. Even right now, the nation, it seems to be mourning over the death of Breonna Taylor. And no matter what you, you believe on what happened, we can grieve the loss of a death. Yeah. Of someone who is in her home at night and now yeah. she is dead. We grieve that loss. Mm -hmm. And we know that people around the nation are, are wondering, could I be next? Could that happen to me? Yeah. Home can be a scary place. Home can also be a place of safety. I don't know how you handle that. Maybe that's something you could talk about with the people around you right now. When you think of home, what do you think about? And uh, I want to talk about this because uh, when we're afraid, 
behind locked doors, that's the perfect opportunity for Jesus to show up, just like he did for these disciples. Jesus showed up in their midst, in their presence, and he totally turned that place of panic into a place of peace. And I, I want to dive into the scripture mm. a little bit more because I think we can learn a lot from it. And so the first point I want to share is that Jesus spent a lot of time in homes. In fact, in this book of John, about 20% of the book of John talks about time Jesus spent in homes. In fact, in just chapters 13 through 17, we see more time explaining his time in homes wow. than time explaining his time on the cross. Wow. And the cross is an epic moment for all of human history. Yeah. And yet the authors thought it was important to focus on his time in the home. Mm -hmm. It's in the home that we see Things like the Last Supper, where Jesus shared his last meal with his disciples, the story of the yeah. washing of the feet. Even in the book of Acts, in a home, in the upper room moment, we see the birth of the early church. Wow. So Jesus, the church, a lot of people spent time in homes going from house to house. We see a lot of significant moments in church history. The reason we have a church today in this world is because of something that started in an upper room. And so what is an upper room? What is this? We have a lot of different ideas of where they met. I've actually visited the upper room in Jerusalem, which wow. is really exciting, where we think historically a lot of these events took place. But I want to read a definition. In the Western world, the upper room is rarely a visited place, essentially irrelevant to day-to-day -day life. In the first century, Holy Land, the upper room was the family room, the preferred action spot in the home. It was an open air social space on the roof where family and friends would gather at the end of a long day to tell stories, laugh at jokes, sip tea, and reflect on life. The typical Mediterranean square building architecture provided a rooftop that was ideal for an outdoor bonus room that was private and protected. And so the, the Greek word for this room in the scripture is the word cynical. It was kind of this open air bonus room. I could use one of those. Kind of like a, yeah. a pergola on your lawn. And side note, I don't really understand pergolas because you have to build a shelter, but then you still get rained on. I don't get it. But it looks pretty, right? It is. It looks pretty. But if you can add a plastic roof that's see-through <laughs> to your pergola, nah, we got something good. And I think we could birth some new things in the spirit of God in that kind of environment, <laughs> just like the upper room in the scriptures. Can I get a good amen? Amen. That was a weird tangent. I did not plan that in my notes, but we see Jesus meeting in houses a lot, doing a lot of amazing ministry in ordinary places. Like when we think of Jesus, right? Healing a boy, protecting him from death happened in a home. Right? When we see Jesus anointed before he dies on the cross by a woman breaking open an alabaster jar, that happens in a wow. home. We yeah. see Zacchaeus, a tax collector. We talked about him last week. He returned money that he had stolen from people, gave money to the poor. And that salvation experience happened when Jesus said, today salvation has come to wow. this home. So we see Jesus going from home to home to home, house to house to house, bringing miracles, bringing resurrection, bringing healing, having intimate moments with his disciples, sharing meals, washing feet, showing up to his disciples resurrected for the very first time in a home and then birthing the church as the spirit fills people waiting and praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit in an upper room. 
And so this is amazing. And we see the upper room is a very special place in scripture. You know, sometimes I think we believe that in order for us to have an intimate, powerful encounter with Jesus, we have to be on a mountaintop or we have to go to a temple or we have to go to this holy place or we have to go to a big building for a church service. But that's not what we see in the scriptures. God can use ordinary places for extraordinary ministry. Amen. That's what we see throughout the scriptures. I love this quote. Let's not fall into the trap of believing that our everyday moments can't be profound stages for God to make himself known. Wow. And so I believe that even now in our ordinary homes, God is wanting to make himself known. Amen. Amen. Second thing I love in this scripture is this. Jesus turns their place of panic into a place of peace. Mm. So the disciples just watched their leader, the Messiah, being executed on a cross. They are so afraid. They are so panicked. They are filled with terror. Not only that, they're thinking, if the Jewish leaders killed Jesus, what are they going to do with us as main followers? And in this passage, we even see that the disciple Thomas isn't there. And they're wondering, I guess, like, where is Thomas? Like, did they get him too? Can you imagine living in that kind of fear? Mm. And I mean, we see in like three scriptures later, Thomas actually shows up and Jesus shows up again. But that place of pain, it, it is reversed when Jesus shows up and he brings his presence. He says, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And in this moment of their distress, the first thing Jesus does is he shows them his wounds. I mean, I love this. He gets vulnerable with them mm. and it's panic. And what does he do? He kind of doubles down on the pain. I know you're afraid of my death, but hey, let me show you that my pain was real. It was valid. Here, mm. here are my wounds. Here, here, here's what's going on where the nails went through as I was crucified on the cross. But he doesn't leave it there. He speaks peace in their midst. Mm. And the scripture says that they are overjoyed. Mm. How crazy of a turnaround wow. is that? Yeah. They go from this panic and now the scripture says the disciples are overjoyed. Mm. Oh my goodness. You know, there are times where I've seen this transformation take place where a moment of pain has turned to a, a moment in a place of peace in just one second. You know, a number of years ago, Pastor Amritha and I were asked to coach some future church planners, which was such an honor. And as the coaches were pouring out all week to these future leaders of the church, the, the leaders of this organization, they gathered all of us coaches in a room, in an actual upper room in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And they gathered us and they say, hey, you've been pouring out all week, but we want to take a moment to check in on your hearts. How are you guys doing? They asked us to share highs from our life and celebrate without feeling like we're being prideful, but also share some lows in a place where we're not having to wear a leadership hat, where we can just be humans and receive the ministry of the Lord. And so as we shared, it was getting very intimate, very vulnerable, very raw. And this was actually the first time I, I shared to a group of leaders like this, that our son was diagnosed with autism. He lost his ability to speak and it's just a very intimate moment. And I began to sob in that moment. Like yeah. it was the first time really, I was just uncontrollably sobbing. And I was saying things like, man, it feels like the church is doing well, but my family is under attack. And mm. I'm just, I, I'm just so distressed over this. Mm. I hate this. And then uh, other pastors came around us and started to weep with us. And yeah. the pain of their own experience started to emerge. And they, they wept with us and cried with us and prayed for us. And then 
I don't know what happened. As we talked more and more about this, we processed it. People start to open up even more and share their own depression, their own vulnerabilities. But by the time we ended that night, we were laughing and we were sharing inside jokes and we felt connected and we felt like we had deep friendships with people we had just met. And two years later, they're some of our nearest and dearest friends to this day. Yeah. And in that moment, I want you to know, in one moment of showing our wounds, the Spirit of God spoke peace into us. Yes. And it went from a time of pain to a place of peace. Mm. And I, I believe that there are many of us right now that you could use the presence of Christ to bring you yeah. peace. Yeah. Because peace is not the absence of pain. It is the presence of Christ. Mm. I want you to hear that again. Peace isn't the absence of pain. It's the presence of Christ. Peace of God. The peace of God turns places of misery into moments of ministry. Mm -hmm. I've seen that time and time again. And so I just have this question for you. If Jesus did this in homes throughout the scripture, what could he do in your home today? Amen. What does he want to do in your home today? I just feel like so many of us are carrying the weight of the world right now. We're watching news headlines and we're carrying that weight on our shoulders. We're seeing our family being torn apart and we're carrying that weight on our shoulders. And all we know what to do is hide in our houses, hide and binge another show or try to satisfy ourselves with these coping mechanisms. And we're just locked away. We're not truly connecting with people. We're not truly connecting with God. We've, it's like, we're like these disciples. We're like, Jesus, we followed you, but now you're dead. Where are you? Like we need Jesus though, in those moments to show up in our midst, just like he did with those disciples and speak peace over us. Could I just take a moment and just speak peace over mm -hmm. you? For those of you who are carrying the weight of the world, mm -hmm. let's just invite Jesus to show up in our midst. Jesus, would you enter this space? Would you enter our hearts? Lord, we cast these worries and these pains and this doubt for the future. Lord, we cast all of these voices in our hearts and our minds telling us we're not going to make it, telling us we're not okay, telling us that this is over for us, that we have no God, our God is dead, we're all alone, and all we can do is protect ourselves. Lord, in this moment, we just speak the peace of God over all of us who feel like we're just afraid, alone, and locked away in our homes mm. with the peace of God. Amen. In John 20, he says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. Even right now, we receive the yes. Holy Spirit mm. to bring us peace. In John 14, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We could use the Spirit of God in our lives. And I just want to challenge all of us to invite the Holy Spirit in these worship moments. And that's why we're so passionate about these house gatherings, because we can invite the yeah. Lord together. When one of us is weak and inviting the Lord into our presence, the other one can hold the strength. And yes, many of us have adjusted to working from home, but it's time for us, church, to adjust to worshiping from home, Come on. inviting the peace Amen. of God into our hearts. I love this quote. The Christian home is a place where we can bring the church to the people as we seek to lock mm. arms together. Mm. And as we are okay. distressed, afraid, we need to lock 
arms together in a CDC friendly way. Yeah. We need to have each other's backs so that we can invite Jesus into our presence and experience the peace of God together. You know, a number of years ago, wow, it's kind of crazy to say that. It wasn't too long ago, but about two years ago, I remember my, my stepdad, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he was dying. And uh, I went to visit him in LA and spent some time in the room with him, just praying, talking, sharing memories, literally having our last moments together. And it was so painful. It was so hot knowing that we were going to be saying goodbye in this moment in just a few moments. And so as we're leaning into this, it, it just started to become unbearably sad. And in that time, uh, we heard a knock on the door and we're like, again, like, who is that? The house is not messy. This is an intimate moment. We don't want anybody here. Like, we're just trying to uh, say our farewells in peace right now. So we opened the door and there's about 20 people that show up. Again, this was pre-pandemic time, if you have the ability to remember a time like that. So 20 people showed up and they have the weirdest instruments. They have like tambourines and trumpets and like mini keyboards and like, I think there was a flute involved. And so we're sitting in this room and they said, Pastor Tim, my stepdad, he was a pastor of a Lutheran church. Hey, you haven't been able to come to the church building. So we're bringing the church to you. And they locked arms with us. Wow. And we all gathered in this small packed room with his medical bed. And we began to sing songs of worship. And now many of us were not really good worshipers as far as the ability to sing with a good and pleasing noise. But we were good worshipers when it came to making a joyful and loud noise. Anybody with me on that? And so <laughs> in this place where death seemed to be winning, yeah. we began to lift up the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, joy flooded that room and who began to cry and embrace. And it was such a special moment, but I'll never forget that the church said, Hey, you may not be able to go into this designated building, but the church can come into your home. Mm -hmm. Let's turn this place of pain into a place of peace, a place where joy is overflowing. Mm -hmm. And that is my last memory with my stepdad. Wow. And I'm so thankful for wow. a church that locked arms with us yeah. in the time of pain. Amen. And uh, I just want to ask you today, you know, as you're dealing with, I don't know, your different responses to encountering life in your home, as you're dealing with the pain of this world, will you meet God in the upper room? Mm. Will you let God's peace wash over your circumstance today? Because he loves you. Yeah. He wants to meet you. He wants to turn your panic into peace, Amen. I believe. So let me pray for all of us as we ask for the peace of God to enter our midst. Yeah. Dear Father, I thank you so much that we can have church in our homes. Mm. Lord, I, I thank you so much that when we feel like you've disappeared, you show up in our midst. That God, you're not dead. And you can transform these moments in our lives. And so again, Holy Spirit, yeah. we need you. Yes. We invite you. We want you to come into our homes right now. Would you help us to lock arms with people who could use a little extra strength? Would you help us to lock arms with people who could use a little hope? No matter what's happened in our home life, Lord, whether home has been a place of just a bad upbringing, home has been a place we've tried to run away from, home is a castle that we've tried to barricade away from the world and the pains of the world. Lord, no matter all of that, Lord, we ask that right now you would redeem our mindset when it comes to home. That home would be a place where we can 
meet with God, just like Jesus did throughout the scriptures and just like you're doing right now. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. And amen. amen. Thank you.